Welcome to the My Life is the Medicine podcast, where we get off the never-ending search for more and take an inward gaze to find how our lives have already taught us profound truths. Rather than turning outward to experts or gurus, we talk with ordinary people and reflect inwardly about the life journey and everything felt, thought, and experienced along the way. Join us in casual conversation and reflective dialogue to discover how simply living a normal life, reflecting on our own life experiences, has already given us all the expertise we need. Hosted by Chuck Hancock, an ordinary human who has lived life in many roles, like psychotherapist, software engineer, school teacher, orphan, adoptee, father, brother, mentor, coach, ceremonialist, and more. Chuck is a weaver of wisdom from modern day psychology to ancient wisdom of indigenous and European roots, creating alchemy from everyday modern American life. Welcome to today's conversation. My guest today is Becky Beck. Um, Becky and I have known each other for a number of years. I used to train in the taekwondo school that she owns with her partner Andrew Beck and they are both lovely human beings <laughs> maybe I'll, we'll get to have Andrew on here one day as well um, but trained for a number of years um, in their school Beck's martial arts and and today we're going to talk a little bit more personally um, so I'm so grateful that you decided to come talk to me today Becky yes of course and I hope people know that you're much more of a badass than you and you let on it's <laughs> we still miss you one of our students is always trying to drag you back in there so yeah <laughs> That's true therapist but... and a black belt badass <laughs> should be noted <laughs> thank you I really miss being there too I like know. Ramon is always trying to drag that me was in. the one I didn't yeah. want to like name names but he's like I almost got Chuck here the other day he has several <laughs> times <laughs> he's like can you come in normal clothes i'm like yes we've known chuck so long it's fine so yeah um, one day we'll get you back out there totally one day i was in t-shirt and shorts and he was like come on it's okay becky's teaching <laughs> <laughs> it's not mr beck i know i've become like somehow role reversal i've become like the softy oh wow and he's become like the hard ass mm. he used to be reversed yeah not definitely anymore. yeah i remember that <laughs> and everyone's like oh becky's teaching you'll be fine <laughs> yeah but we'll get you back out there one day yeah well, I appreciate you naming like your relation to me about having a black belt and everything because I remember actually my getting my black belt with you all like yeah. how I cried and I was it was a real mind twist for me I was like wait like here I am being strong and tough and showing this accomplishment and very vulnerable all at the same time and yeah and I mean that's who I am and um, I imagine you can relate oh yeah I th I have come to believe that real martial artists have both right like anyone that pretends that they're all steel or whatever it's not accurate like yeah. a really well-balanced martial artist is both yeah and i i had just had della when you got your black belt and i remember right. you were crying and i was just like now i'm gonna cry and then i think ramon <laughs> cried too yes yeah that so yes i think that's very <laughs> good yeah you know absolutely when i was a kid that was not the case like you didn't show any emotion and so mm. i love that that's changing and students are able to do that yeah you know i remember that very well <laughs> you do oh. yeah <laughs> it was a it was a big moment for me so yeah yeah well we kind of just jumped right in but i want to back up a little bit too and uh ask you to to uh introduce yourself a little bit more and and orient us to 
um, where you are in life right now. You know, uh, what's the what's the landscape? Who are your people? What are you spending your time doing? You know, how old are you? Like, tell us, like, what's in your immediate field in, in this moment? And then we'll kind of ex- start exploring from there. Okay. Yeah, well, I am 33, almost 34, mm-hmm. and I own a Taekwondo school. And we survived the pandemic. Yay. Not really sure how. <laughs> um, a lot of hard work. I have one daughter who's three. Mm. And I think I'm at the point in life where I seek out meaningful things. Yeah. Mostly because I have no time. And so the time that I do have, I kind of cherish. Um, but I often do look around and I'm just amazed at what my life is and very thankful because mm. I didn't ever really see that as my future. Really? Yeah. Huh. And I was glad for you to ask me to do this because I've always felt like you were one of those people that you can easily talk to about real things. And that seems to be more and more the people that I'm surrounding myself with yeah. these days. Mm. Yeah. And I think motherhood and parenthood does that to you too. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, Definitely. takes away a lot of those defenses. Absolutely. It, yeah. It's, it's humbling. <laughs> it's very humbling. Yes. <laughs> Especially as a martial artist where you're like, you're the leader of this school and like people are learning from you and then you go home and you have a toddler <laughs> and like, there is none of that mutual <laughs> respect yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's been an interesting journey but a very good one so yeah that's kind of where i'm at currently right yeah great your comment that you never expected to be here like really surprises me because i have this uh belief that that some people and and you would be one of them it's like all right you set out and here's the goals and i'm going to work hard and i'm going to achieve them and i mean to to get where you are both with your martial arts career and to own a school like those are big lofty goals but you never thought you'd be here how's how's that possible huh I never thought of that before. Um, I guess for me, my life was never that linear. Mm. Like everything that I have now came from some serious like struggle and survival and Mm. kind of this like deep down urge to not give up. Mm. So I feel, and yeah, it was a lot of hard work and like goals and things, but because of that, I feel a deep sense of, gratitude that I have it, if that makes sense. It was Mm -hmm. never like, here's the start, here's the finish, and just one easy plan, I guess, if that makes sense. Right. For me, that wasn't the the path. Yeah. Yeah. More so for my partner, Andrew, like, but our lives have been different, so, Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. Hmm. The just the never getting up, but something got you on this track of martial arts in the first place, I suppose. What was that? Well, not to get too deep too fast, but um, <laughs> I started when I was nine, and a lot of kids do. I mean, yeah. I want to say 90% of our students are between the ages of nine and 12. Mm-hmm. But for me, it had this real significance. Mm-hmm. In some ways, it like saved my life and it was in my life for years and years through very times where if I didn't have it, I probably wouldn't have made it. So 
I think I clung to that as something very meaningful mm-hmm. and wanting to carry it like into the future because I know the how it helped me, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So mm-hmm. I think that's why I held on to it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that part of the goal all along that like you got into martial arts and I'm going to go all the way with this or were there any detours and side roads along the way? Yes, there were a lot of detours. Um, I actually wanted to be a therapist. Oh, really? I was in school to be a therapist. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't um, know that. But that was after. Um, that wasn't linear either. Um, but I think I did it from the time I was nine to almost graduating high school and just never forgot it. And so I kept coming back to it. When life was hard or like chaotic. And by the time I was mid 20s, I'm like, okay, that's it. Like, this, forget anything else. Like, this is what I'm going to do. Mm. I felt like that was the way that I could personally help people the most. Sure. Yeah. Like, I love the athleticism of it, but, um, I, I love that connection with people more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, and that's why we went uh, to your school, because uh, you and Andrew are just so personable, and tell it was more about the relationships with the students than, than anything else. I mean, yeah. obviously, the, the very quality instruction and and uh, and the focus and the discipline and, and all those things that come with martial arts, but I could tell that you really cared about people, and maybe that was the biggest reason. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I just think life is hard and the more people you have being kind and trying to help you like yeah the better right. right i just i think sometimes martial artists and school owners miss that mark where they think to help people they have to be over the top intense but you can like we said at the beginning kind of use it as an avenue to help people because people need help mm-hmm. you know absolutely and other people in their corners there's another thing that you said that was like kind of twisting my mind a little bit like you said when life was hard and chaotic for you personally you kept going back to martial arts and like it's a little counterintuitive like well because martial arts is hard yeah <laughs> <laughs> why would you want more hard right that's true. that's a that's a good point i don't know i think i have always felt this outlet with it where the hard was a good hard you know uh-huh. what I mean? Like that kind of hard doesn't bother me. Like the intense work of it, that kind of hard is useful. Right. There's other kinds of hard that are just more hurtful. So Taekwondo hard for me is actually kind of comforting, right? Mm. It's like an outlet to mm-hmm. to focus energy and even pain sometimes in. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that was very grounding mm-hmm. yeah so maybe there's different types of heart i guess definitely yeah <laughs> yeah hmm. hmm so like you wanted to be a therapist and and martial arts has been this grounding type thing for you i'm, I'm wondering like as you reflect back like what have been the things that have been like the the biggest like signposts or benchmarks along the way that maybe like fueled you stopped you or made you change directions between those two options oh no just in life in general 
Oh, man, that's a hard question. It is. Life has a lot of like signposts, don't they? Yeah. Well, first like 20 years of my life was pretty, was really hard. And I think I came to this crossroads when I was a teenager where and I don't think this happens to everybody, for, but for me it did. I, I almost saw like these two paths, like one where I just kind of shut myself down and the other where I remained vulnerable and wanted to connect with people. Mm. And that's the one I chose. So I think being a therapist was my first thought of how I could do that. Mm. But I think I'm much better at Taekwondo. <laughs> I mean, I think because of my earlier life, and you and I were talking about this earlier, but I didn't know if I wanted to like sit in constant pain all day, every day with people. And I know that mm. sounds like, I don't know, but in being a teacher, I felt like I could still help people while also kind of not going back into that kind of situation if that makes sense mm. so that was a big moment in my life where i kind of made that choice to not shut down my spirit mm. i guess and that's kind of guided me ever since then um mm. and the other one has really been having my own school and business and the responsibility that comes with that yeah and the responsibility for having young people in your care, but also vulnerable older people, you know, like that's been a huge thing in my life that I think has changed me. Those two are probably the two biggest. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That was my experience. I think the adults are almost more vulnerable than the kids. They're so resilient. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Yes, they are. And they have less insecurity about what they're doing. Right. You know, sometimes adults need a little more, someone have a little more belief in them to right. do something like that. And um, I just feel a lot of responsibility for people that trust their kids to me, mm -hmm. but also adults that trust me with their insecurities and stuff, mm -hmm. you know, and their, you know, me asking them to try to kick and do things that their bodies don't always want to do. Right. Yeah. As you might remember. <laughs> I absolutely do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I definitely remember many times uh, she'd be like, all right, just, you know, do this move. And I'm like, oh, my God, no, I can't do that. <laughs> Try and fail and probably fall sometimes. And, but... What do you mean just do it? I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh... <laughs> my body doesn't move like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, it does. <laughs> That's the thing is like yeah. in my brain, I'm like, but it can. Exactly. You just have to look a little silly the first few times and then you'll be fine. You know, that's um, true. But yeah, so I think having compassion for people even in those just kind of light moments is right. important yeah Absolutely. so those two things i think are the biggest significant things right yeah well, it's funny you say that like you didn't want to sit with people's pain all day but like have you ever taken one of your classes <laughs> <laughs> yeah you get a lot of pain <laughs> holding plank for how many minutes and <laughs> how many again <laughs> good pain that's like good oh, pain yeah, and we can okay. all laugh about it oh sure <laughs> sure <laughs> i guess that's like productive pain and i know yours is too but i think <laughs> I had gotten to a point where I think I needed a break from 
carrying other people's like psychological pain. Right. Yeah. So physical like pain and the goal of betterment doesn't affect me that same mm-hmm. way, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah. It, it sure does. The, like That's a hard thing we were we were chatting before we turned the recording on of like it took me i don't know how many years of even being a therapist to not feel like i had to carry someone's yeah. psychological pain um and yeah. eventually i realized that was actually part of my family upbringing I was like oh i actually had to carry some of the pain and dysfunction of my family yeah when i was a child but i didn't know that i needed to do that and Long story short, you know, that was actually part of my healing journey of like, oh, I, maybe I can help facilitate people's growth and pain and, and not have to carry it all. Um, yeah. Creating healthy boundaries, which when you're a mm. kid, that's not a healthy boundary, right? No. <laughs> like you're not equipped to carry psychological pain that way. Right. And I think you and I probably had a similar experience in that sense. But um yeah, I think that's very healing. You being like, this is a boundary. Right. And I can still help people without like carrying it. Right. Yeah. Right. A boundary and um, in a container is, is another word that I've really learned to mm. uh, use and, and intentionally cultivate it in my work. And as you were talking about the pain that you're facilitating with your martial arts students and the insecurities that you're helping adults with, it's like... Taekwondo seems to create a very strong container for yeah. um, for both relationship and growth and um, processing of pain, too. Just not head on in the same way we do it in therapy. Yeah. And I am a huge I, I'm a huge believer in therapy. I've I've been in therapy for probably a decade now. I, I'm a mm. huge believer in it. I just think. Like now, as I have these teenagers that mm-hmm. I've had since they were like 10 years old. Mm hmm. I can, they're coming to me with these really intense life difficulties that are outside of our school. Mm-hmm. And they tell them to me and like, it's a place that they can say it, but then it's also a place where if they want to separate from it for a while, right? they can right. with the knowledge that like someone knows and cares. So mm-hmm. I'm glad it's kind of come around to me in that way where they feel safe doing that. Mm-hmm. But they also know that if they just don't want to talk about it and they just want to like be with other people and sweat and train that they can. Yeah. Um, so I think Taekwondo is good for that too. Like at least at our school, you can choose if you want to bring the personal into it mm-hmm. or not, you know? Right. So it is, I guess, in some ways a container. Yeah. Taekwondo container. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I like that phrase. Well, I love what you said, too. It is a both and. There is a time and a place for therapy, and there's also a time and a place to maybe put it aside and focus on something else. Yeah. And, and And that choice part is so important. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you just find people, they just need you to genuinely listen sometimes. Absolutely. You know, and not try to fix it, but just know that there is like one other person in the world that's hearing their story and like holding it with them and then giving them the freedom to choose what they want to do with that. And so I've noticed in the last few years, separate from my own trauma recovery, that people are starting to come to me more with stuff like that. So in a way it's like this bringing back of my old goal. Absolutely. Helping people in a more serious way, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 
No, I th- and I think that, I think what you just said was really key there that like you've been doing your own therapy and your own healing and then you're becoming a safe person for these people to just bring yeah. it spontaneously. That's a good point. Yeah. Those are concurrent, I think. Yeah. My therapist, Mark, I, I really love him and he is a very blunt person, which mm. I personally like. Yeah. Like that's kind of my personality, like shoot it to me straight. Right. And his saying is like, things fester in the dark, things fester when you don't look at them, look at them. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think the more I've done that, the more I attract people that want to talk because I'm not carrying that as much anymore, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I don't know what my point is there, but I think the more I've looked at that stuff, the safer of a place I've become for other people. I I totally agree. If it's, in the dark, you know, use the language of, of your therapist that, um, then it's like, we're spending a lot of energy trying to hide it, protect it, keep it tucked away. Yeah. We don't want to talk to people if we're afraid that, oh, they might say something that's going to trigger it. Yeah. But the more you become okay with it, then the more it's like, it frees up a lot of your energy so that you yeah. can have those conversations. And I'm sure you know this way more than me, obviously, but I think a lot of people are ashamed uh-huh. and I'm seeing that with my teenagers where they want to tell someone but they're afraid that they're going to horrify and shock you Mm -hmm. and if you're someone that's gone through like any kind of trauma recovery it doesn't horrify and shock you and i think it's important for people to take those chances because they're not they think they're all alone that this they're the only person that has either done something or had something happen to them and i i don't think personally that's the case at all no (laughs) <laughs> and you obviously know that, yeah. Definitely not. Oh my, that was, I, I've been running a men's group for, I don't know how many years, at least five years now. And, mm. and there's one guy that has been in there this whole time. He's 73 and and mm. he's he's fond of saying that. He's like, like every now and then I keep trying to bring this thing that I, I think is really going to make you guys like kick me out of the group because it's mm. so horrible and it's so like nobody else in the world is like this, but bringing it here or looking online, I find that, no, there's actually other people that have experienced this or thought this or oh my God, yes. wanted this or whatever. Yeah. But it does take a lot of courage to take that first step and tell somebody. Yeah. Because you know, in your brain, you have no idea how they're going to react. Right. And so that's so interesting that he's 73 and still f- feeling that fear. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? I think that's so interesting. It is so interesting. Yeah. I feel like that growth like just doesn't ever stop. Like for me personally, at least I too have been, I'm still seeing a therapist. I think it's going on like seven years now or Mm. something. And I'm just like, I do it because it's so important for me to just keep experiencing and having those meaningful conversations and continuing to unpack. And it's like, as soon as I get through one thing, like now there's something else. I'm like, (laughs) great, cool. I know. I I talk about that with Mark a lot. He's like, oh, we just finished this layer. Are you ready for the next one? And I'm always like, no. But there always is another layer, you know, Mm. of healing and learning about yourself. And Mm -hmm. my hope is that more and more people feel comfortable talking to each other. Right. You know, I think that's really important. It's been really important for me. Absolutely. Yeah. Just reflecting on where we've been in our conversation so far, like I know my the martial arts process, 
you, know, you, you literally like level up belts, you know, either yeah. colors or numbers once you get into the black belt, you know, and, and like there's this upward progression and then therapy, like you were just talking about, I was like, it's peeling back layers, almost like going down and it's like, yeah, going back to white belt. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I bet you're probably back to white belt by now. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I think. Thanks. Not from me, but from your own journey. Yeah. And I think that's a very good analogy. Yeah. I'm going to have to steal that one from you. Yeah. But I think that's really true. And I think a lot of people, especially ones that have been deeply traumatized in some way, they don't want to go backwards. Right. Because then you lose that armor mm-hmm. of being impenetrable or like you can't be hurt because you're this high accomplished, you know, and having to go backwards is really scary at first. Mm-hmm. At least that's been my experience and probably your clients experiences too totally yeah so i wonder what helped you be willing to go backwards i did not have a choice i don't think Mm. i think that when i finally got out of the situation that i grew up in it was either that or like not function in the way that i wanted to Mm -hmm. and so i think I kind of forced myself the first few years and it was more of a matter of like survival. And now it's more of a matter of choice because I've been doing it for so long. Right. And it's not as scary or like devastating anymore. Yeah. But at the beginning it was like either do this or you're not going to make it Mm. kind of thing. And I chose to do it. Right. You know, I don't I don't really know why. I've always had this like survival instinct, but um yeah, I mean if people are out there thinking like I can't do this, I'm too messed up or broken or hmm. it's too I'll like lose it if I start looking into this stuff, like I totally get that feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think that's normal mm-hmm. at the beginning. Yeah. At least in, in my opinion. Um yeah, because I felt like I had to do it even right. if I didn't want to. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, you used the word survival. I mean, that's life or death word right there. It was. And it was, I think, life or death. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm really thankful that I chose life mm. because that's what I was kind of saying at the beginning. Like, that's why I look around and it was all worth it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it was worth it because now... I'm doing something I love that a lot of people don't get to do, which is like a very niche mm-hmm. business, right? And like I have a beautiful, my own beautiful family, but that would not have been my future right? if I hadn't made that decision. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I think I get what you were saying earlier now even more that like, maybe what your all your energy was going into survival like you couldn't even dream of having yeah. a family in a taekwondo school yeah. back then because it was more like well am i even going to make it in yeah. the world that's true and it was like that for a long time um but i think you have to hold on to something however small it is and my memory of martial arts was always something that made me feel capable and strong and accomplished. And that was this little nugget. And I had this instructor that taught me morals because no one else taught me morals. Mm. And he did, right, Hmm. in his own way. And those are these little nuggets that I had throughout that time. And 
yeah, I mean, I think people, a lot of people that are in survival mode for whatever reason, like poverty or any sort of extreme life experience, you don't have the luxury or the privilege of planning or doing the things that other people do, like going straight to college or those things. Like that's really a luxury that a lot of people don't have. And obviously, you know, way worse than me too. But um, yeah, Mm. that's why I didn't come to it that way. And Mm. a lot of people I think don't. Mm Mm-hmm. We're going to have to just push pause on our conversation for today, but be sure to come back next week because, as always, the conversation gets deeper and more insightful, and we can really see the bigger arc of the picture. So be sure to check out the next episode so that you can continue receiving the medicine that our guest is so willingly sharing with us. Thank you for listening to My Life is the Medicine. We hope our guest story this week has inspired you to look closer at your own life. Maybe you heard some of your own story and their story through many of these experiences are common, ordinary experiences. And maybe something about their story was unique, which also might have inspired you to think about how your life, too, is unique. Either way, we hope our story today has helped you to see that your life, too, is the medicine. If you'd like to consider diving deeper into your own story and sharing your story with others, we hope you might consider joining us on a future episode. And if not, that's okay too. We hope you'll continue listening, keep reflecting, and help you see how your life too is the medicine. Take good care, and we'll see you next time.